Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Trey Wellington. We recorded this last month in Bellevue, Washington at Wintergrass. Get Up in the Cool is by and large listener-supported. Visit patreon.com slash getupinthecool. But every once in a while, we get an awesome sponsor to help get this show to you, like the CBA Summer Music Camp, which takes place June 11th through the 14th at the beautiful Nevada County Fairgrounds in Grass Valley, California. Daily instrument classes, workshops, jams, square dances, and faculty concerts are all attended outdoors among the pine trees. This year's world-class faculty include Jake Blunt, Allison DeGroote and Tatiana Hargraves, Caleb Clowder and Reeve Wilms, John Reichman, Mike Witcher, and the band Mile 12, among others. You can learn more about the camp and register online at cbacamp.com. One more thing before we get started, my old-time trio, the Tall Poppy String Band, is playing some shows in northern New Mexico and central and western Colorado next month, leading up to the Durango Bluegrass Meltdown. Visit tallpoppystringband.com to get your tickets, and make sure to follow us on social media for more updates. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with Trey Wellington, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> yeah, banjos. Yes. <laughs> Trey Wellington, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I've been slowly getting up the nerve to ask you to be on the show uh, ever since uh, IBMA uh, when we were, I, as far as I know, both in the same place at the same time for the first time. I think so, yeah. yeah. But I, I was watching you play on the um, the big out, out store, uh the big outdoor stage. Yeah. Uh, same place where Bela Fleck was playing. I was like, okay. Oh, the I red just, hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And I was like, I just need to, uh, just give it a couple years to get up my courage. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and it's such a beautiful day outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is actually a beautiful, beautiful This day. is a very nice view right here. Yeah. Um, we're seeing all of the, uh, all of the endless, interminable construction of Bellevue, Washington. So much. Yeah. There's some trees over here, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's some trees <laughs> right over here. Yeah. If you squint, yeah. you could see some some nature. Some yeah, non-human some nature. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this landscape is a, a little different than what you're used to. You're from North Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. Yeah, where in North Carolina? Um, so I'm originally from Ash County, North Carolina, Ash and that's up near Boone, North Carolina. Okay. And um, now I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Though. Right on. Yeah. I've been to Boone one time, and I was impressed. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Oh, it is. And it's everyone a, that I met uh, was so lovely. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really cool town, and um, definitely one of my, um, yeah, I was just really, really happy to have grown up there. Did you start playing banjo as a kid? Um, I started playing banjo when I was about um, when I was about fourteen or fifteen years old. Yeah, why? Um, so kind of when I started getting into it, I was playing electric guitar at first, and then um, I had heard a Doc Watson record from my grandpa. He had these this huge CD collection, mm. and so I, when I would go up there, like I'd go up there and hang out with him on weekends. I just listened to all of his CDs mm. and I picked out this Doc Watson record because I was like, Oh, I wonder what this is. I hadn't heard this artist before. So I put it in the um, CD player and listened to it. And I was like, Oh dang, this is so cool. And as an electric guitar player at the time, you know, I was trying to do stuff on electric guitar at first and I was like, it's not sounding right. So what tunes were you trying to play? I couldn't tell you now. I couldn't tell you now, but it was, um, I was not good at electric guitar. I was so bad at it. And, um, but it was fun and I had a good time. Was that your first instrument? Like yeah, guitar? besides trombone, I did trombone. Okay, in school, for, yeah, yeah, band, for, yeah, in middle school, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I put down the electric guitar, and I wanted to learn flat picking. So I joined this um, club at my middle school called the uh, Mountain Music Club. Oh, great! Which was like super cool, and um, there was like a lot of they were teaching like mostly old time, and um, but then there was also some bluegrass there. Yeah, and so um, in that class actually is where I heard like three finger banjo in person for the mm. first time by the teacher in there. And Josh is yeah, a teacher. Uh, his name's Josh church. That sounds familiar. Josh yeah. Church. He's a great banjo player. He's a, he doesn't like go on tour. I don't know if he still plays or not. Yeah. I actually saw him like when I was up visiting family for Christmas, I saw him in Walmart. So oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, he was like, I've been like following your career. And I was like, Oh, thank you so oh. much. And yeah, so that was like a really nice moment, but he's a, yeah, one of, Without him, I wouldn't start playing banjo, mm. and um, he helped me kind of get in touch with other teachers yeah. in the area to take private lessons. Um, so yeah, what was it that drew you to playing electric guitar as a young teenager, and then what was it about the Doc Watson recordings and your like mountain music class that like made you think I want to do this as well, and not just this is a 
sometimes, you know, especially when we're kids, we hear cool stuff yeah. or experience cool stuff. And it's like, that's for someone else, yeah. you know, and, uh, I'm going to enjoy consuming this as opposed to, I'm going to make it. Yeah. 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 I definitely, um, when I was, um, yeah, when I was like 14, I was in church, um, like at a church in the area at the time, um, when I was growing up and one of the people there played, um, electric guitar. And so, like, I was hearing him play electric guitar. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool. He was playing, like, all this, like, bluesy, like, kind of Eric Clapton kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and so... This uh, sounds like a cool church. It was, it was a... Yeah, it was all right. I mean, at least a church that had some cool things. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it too Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) But uh, it was... um, Yeah, but that was definitely, like, my first... um, But that, like, church, there was, like, so much, like, good music inside of it, I will say. And so I was hearing, like, a lot of different cool music. And um, when I heard him, like, playing electric guitar, I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's like, it sounds mm. like, you know, like, it, like I was saying, like, Eric Clapton or somebody like that. Yeah. And so that kind of drew me first to the um, to the electric guitar, kind of. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I feel like a lot of, uh, we don't have to have this be a big part of the interview. Yeah. I feel like a lot of churches, that the churches that I grew up going to, yeah. uh, they didn't like, like, worldly yeah, heavy air quotes or showy things like those churches are shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's like worldly and showy things are so entertaining and yeah, so exactly. yeah, and exactly. so moving. You know, and it sounds like yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were exposed to that. Yeah, there's a ton of good. Like I said, there was like so much good music, and like my whole life though, like with my like being around my grandpa and stuff, like he had so many different. Um, he was, like, a, the biggest music fan, like, I've ever met to this day. Mm. Like, he would just, like, listen to it, like, all the time, like, 24-7. Like, there was always music going on yeah. in some form or fashion. So, like, definitely, like, that's kind of, you know, being around that, too, I was always hearing, like, different styles of music. And, like, my mom listened to different styles of music than my grandpa listened to. So, I was kind of hearing all these different kind of yeah. things mm. at a very early age. And so, what was it about the mountain music class or listening to the doc Watson that made you specifically say like, I should also be doing this. Yeah. What piqued your curiosity? What gave you that permission? And like, yeah, yeah, I think when I was a kid, I was always like interested in like exploring, like kind of like always being like doing something different. You know what I mean? Like I was always like interested in different things. And it's like, it's something like even now, like I'm like very, like always try to be into like different things, you know, like kind of like, always like looking for new territories to kind of like, or like things to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. It's just something about me. I don't know what causes it. Um, so the, the, when people say this about yeah. themselves, I feel like it can kind of come from at least one of these two different motivations okay. and maybe both. Okay. One is genuine curiosity yeah. and joy. And the second one is a little, a little spicier, a little more interesting, but it's differentiation. Yeah. I want to carve my own path so that it could be mine. It doesn't particularly matter what it is as long as I feel like I am separating. Yeah, I think that's both. Both? Kind yeah. of like a combination. Okay. Like, yeah. Right you, yeah. yeah, I would say it's kind of both of those, kind of mixed in, like somewhere in the middle of those two. Um, I definitely like always want to like, my, one of my biggest goals is like have my own sound, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? On whatever I do, like any album I put out, like I don't want to sound like anybody else's album, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want somebody to like hear my album and be like, oh, it sounds like this band or this band. I want them to be like, oh, that's Trey Wellington album, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think when I was a kid, that's kind of like, you know, I was hearing this different sound. And, you know, I grew up in like 
rural North Carolina. You know, as beautiful as it is, it has its issues, you know what I mean? So especially when I've started like learning these things, at first, you know, I had no idea that there was like, that this was like a predominantly white music. And so, you know, in school, I was always hearing like, oh, like you shouldn't like play this because you're black, you know, or things like that. So the teachers, the other students, everyone? Not the teachers. Teachers wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. But the the other students, yeah, they would be like, oh, you shouldn't do that because you're black. Like you should specifically playing the banjo. Yeah. Playing banjo. Yeah. When I got went the banjo, like when I was playing guitar, I didn't ever hear that. Right. But when I was like, when I switched over to the banjo, they're like, oh, that's a white instrument. Why are you playing that? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'd love to ask you some more questions about that. Okay, yeah. Were you were you getting that pushback from other black students or from white students or kind of from everyone? It was a combination. Okay. Like, definitely, like, it, like, you know, it was kind of one of those things that was only brought up when I was doing it. It wasn't yeah. ever brought up. Like, nobody would talk to me about it unless I was, like, playing. Like, if I was, like, because, you know, it was at the Mountain Music school so like if I like, had my banjo with me that day mm. you know like or something like that like they'd be like oh like why are you doing that you know what I mean and um but yeah it was kind of a combination it was like you know like my friends that were like black people like they would say stuff sometimes but then there was also like the white kids that would also like kind of say stuff yeah interesting so <laughs> that's got to be so complicated I'm curious how you received that at the time was that discouraging or because of your the side of your motivation that's maybe a bit opposition yeah was it encouraging it's like well if you don't want me to do it then i'm gonna lean into it even more yeah it was kind of like again like right in the middle of those two probably like it was definitely like there was moments like it was like really tough i was like man like maybe they're right you know because like at the time you know i was in like eighth grade you know what i mean i didn't like you know what i mean like i didn't have that kind of like when we're in eighth grade, generally, I think most people are like, how do I fit in as well as possible exactly. and keep my head down? Exactly, yeah. And that's exactly how I was at the time. And like, but also had this like, you know, it never stopped me from doing it, though. That's yeah, one thing. Clearly. Yeah, it never stopped <laughs> yeah. me from doing it. And um, like, I kept going and kept going. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, you know, and now it's like kind of like interesting. It's like the opposite. Like, nobody says that to me anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I've right. not heard that in, like, years. Like, yes, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you haven't heard it. I'm glad. I mean, I would imagine uh, someone would feel, like, after hearing you play the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if someone would have that instinct to say that kind of thing to you. And then if they heard you play, they'd be like, well, I better keep my mouth shut. Cause clearly I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Your, your sound is so, so delicate and clear and sensitive and, and driving because you're, um, I've only seen you on stage and yeah. your records. Like I, I was kind of getting ready to just get totally like, machine gunned yeah. <laughs> like in this room and then you sat down and this is some of the most like sort of delicate sensitive like uh three finger playing i've ever been with in person like i'm i feel like i'm ha- as a climber player i'm having to like make sure that i like usually i have to really bang to keep up with yeah i'm, I'm curious when did bluegrass when did it go from a a traditional pursuit in a conventionally traditional person yeah. into playing uh, 
some of the other stuff that I've uh, heard you play and with the tone and the to which I guess to me feels very uh, modern and like uh, almost like it has a, a, a type of pop sensibility. I, I'm really ignorant in the world of bluegrass. Oh no, you know? you're so fine. Yeah. When, when did it, when did it turn from traditional mountain music class into uh, playing all of these like altered scales and stuff that you're doing? Yeah. yeah I definitely like when um, I was, um, when I was in high school, I was definitely like burning, you know, like when I first started playing, I was learning like Earl Scruggs, yeah. like Ralph Stanley, yeah. Don Reno, you know, I was going through all that stuff, learning um, all these different, like their kind of styles and trying to get acquainted with those. Yeah. And so, you know, I started um, with that and then probably like my, when I was like 16, probably, I started like wanting to venture out a little bit because, you know, for two years I'd just been playing like shucking the corn and like Randy yeah, and sure. things like that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like after that I was like, Oh, like I kind of want to venture out. And like, mm. cause I'd heard, um, I'd heard actually a Bela Fleck song. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I was like, who, like he's playing banjo like that. That's like yeah. so cool. Like so different than what I'd heard at the time. And, um, I had like, so my teacher, he was actually, um, his name is Eric Harden. My um, first like, official banjo teacher yeah and um he was like oh yeah i know some bail flex stuff you want to okay. that and like i was talking i was like yeah and so we just like started doing a deep dive into like bail flick and then from there it's like we kind of went back and i was like listening to some of the new grass revival mm -hmm. and in new grass revival i found this banjo player named courtney johnson and okay. so like i was learning some of his stuff and it was um so it's really cool moment and i would say that's kind of where it shifted to like doing a little bit more modern stuff and then um I did that for about, I was really focused on that for like two years. And then um, in that time, I started playing with a band called Camo Road, um, who was, I was with up till 2019, I think. And um, like late 2019. And from there, yeah, like we were playing, like we do some traditional, some progressive stuff. And so like, I was kind of getting my foot in both. Um, but then when I was going to college, I was kind of like, you know, like I feel like I'm like, losing my traditional playing a little bit mm. like i felt like i was like because like i went to go play a song like this was like you know three months before i went to college yeah. and i was like i just don't feel like i have it like the huh. traditional side of things like i used to and so that's what kind of prompted me to go, like want to go to school um at etsu oh because, very good yeah yeah because yeah. i was like oh i'm gonna be around like bluegrass all the time like i'll get that back you know what i mean mm. um and so in there it was like I started and it was like a really good school for that. But I also like when I got in there, I like kind of at first became susceptible to like, you know, as great of a school as ETSU is for learning the music. It's also like very like, I don't know how it is now, but when I was there, it was very clicky. Like there was like, oh, oh like okay. everybody wants to sound like you had to like pick somebody who you want to sound like, you know what I mean? Which yeah. was like so like at the time foreign to me but it was like you know I was first into college and I was like oh like I gotta like at first I was like oh yeah I really should like be trying to do what these people are doing like we're in like J.D. Crow and like mm -hmm. try to play like J.D. Crow mm -hmm. or like all these other people and then uh, probably about two years into that I just decided I was like I'm done with that I'm like I'm back to me like yeah 100% yeah I like that your instinct was like I gotta get back to my roots my banjo roots and then you went there and you're like Ah, everyone's yeah. too religious about their, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so then yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do me. And then that's kind of where I started trying to like really, really, really start forming my thing. Yeah. You know, and um, 
which was like really like which probably been within the past like three or four years definitely that like I've been trying to do that but like I'm pretty like as far as like wanting to have my sound I'm pretty happy with like I'm never like happy with where I'm at I, like, I, I get, get better, yeah, yeah. but I'm like happy with the sounds I'm making and this is like kind of the sound I hear you know what I mean yeah that's where you want to be well, yeah. Speaking of, let's let's play another tune. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do another one to make me comfortable. Okay. Because <laughs> I was I was trying to like you know get ready and like learn some of the stuff from your records, and I was like, oh, this is really outside my wheelhouse, and I don't know how to take solo and all that stuff. Uh, but then you sat down, and you're like, well, I was hoping we could play some of my old time repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> uh, So yeah, what do you want to play? Next? Do you like squirrel hunts? Hell yeah. Let's play Squirrel Hunters. Yeah. Because, like, I was actually thinking about that one, like, halfway through while we were talking. I, like, I don't know why it came to my head, but I was like... Let's hunt some squirrels. Absolutely. Yeah, this is such an interesting tune. It almost, like, reminds me of, like, when I was in college, I was, like, in jazz studies. Yeah. And so, for a little bit, and I was, like, one of the things we listened to was we'd listen to, like... Um, like Japanese traditional folk music mm. and this has a very similar like because a lot of it's in the same timbre and so right. this A part especially has a lot of like kind of like similarities to that and so that's always like a really fun thing to hear that's yeah like, I think that's one of the reasons I like this so much is because like I love that music yeah interesting you want to kick it? okay sure that'd be cool I'll kick the last one okay I'll kick it I'll kick it can I kick it? <laughs> yes you can alright We can do it like, we can do it groovy, we can do it fast, we can do whatever. Okay. Great. Thank you. 
Church, mm-hmm. mountain music, mountain music, getting all sorts of pushback yeah. from students. Then going to ETSU, wanting to get back to your roots after a time of progressive differentiation. Yeah, getting the ick. Yeah, getting the ick for sure. <laughs> and uh, and then developing what you've been saying is like you want to know what your sound is. Yeah. Have you? I mean, obviously you're playing what your sound is. Have you? put it into words what it is that you want to hear no i don't think like i think with music that like limits like when you put things into words you say like oh this is exactly how i want to sound it's Uh like oh well then that's like like that's cool if you know the way to put that but for me it's like that would limit me yeah you know what i mean yeah absolutely i'm like i'm all like because like i hope like i don't sound like like this like 20 years from now I hope sure. I sound completely different. Right. I hope I'm still different from everybody, but I hope I sound completely different than this. Right. Yeah, you don't want to, like, come up with your sound and then never change. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be, like, somebody that's like, oh, it's like, Trey, like, hasn't gotten better for, like, 20 years. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Trey's been the same for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about the world of bluegrass mm-hmm. playing. From my point of view, it's always seemed like a part of... The uh, the appeal of bluegrass yeah. for the players and for the audience mm-hmm. are displays of power. Yeah. Uh, and like athleticism and agency and ability. Yeah. And I'm curious if you think that that's true, uh, that you, you see that and what you think about that and what mm-hmm. is your relationship with that? Yeah, like, I definitely think it's, like, in bluegrass, like, one of the things that's, like, very, like, evident about bluegrass and has been there since the very beginning of it mm-hmm. is, like, this, like, fast, like, really, like, you know, virtuoso kind of playing. You know, yeah. very precise, like, yeah. not like they want it to be, like, you know, it's, like, it's different. Like, bluegrass is, like, takes many different forms. You know, there's, like, aggressive bluegrass, there's traditional bluegrass, there's, like, you know, more contemporary kind of, like, neo-traditional bluegrass. There's all kinds of bluegrass, but, um... At the end of the day, it is like, you know, prowess is part of it, you know, like, sure. you know, in bluegrass more than other like art forms, you know, if somebody's like playing their instrument and, 
you know, they're not not very technically proficient on it, you know, a lot of the time that's looked down on. Right. Like, oh, like, they're a great singer, but they, like, are quote-unquote bad at guitar. But I don't like to say bad, like, ever personally. Yeah, I don't like yeah. to say anything's bad because it's all interpretation. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean with art. And so, yeah. but like a lot of the time that's how it's put is like people be like, oh, they're bad at their, their instrument, yeah. but they're like a good singer or they're like just bad at their instrument overall. And they like, you know, and I'm kind of like, I don't really agree with that assessment because mm. there's also like just real like guitar players who are like, I wouldn't call like quote unquote technically proficient, but what they do, like they can make a lot of impact just playing chords. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and um, I think there's nothing wrong with that. So I think, like, within the bluegrass realm, it's like, I do think it's cool, you know, if you, like, are, like, a technically proficient player, you know what I mean? Like, I worked on it, like, a lot, trying to be able to be technically proficient. And it's, um, like, it's, like, you got to keep up with it. But it's, um, I also like to think about more than music, more than just, like, licks, you know what I mean? Yeah, speak on that. Yeah, like, I think it's, like, way more important when you're playing, like, when I play with you, like, I'm playing completely different how I'm going to play with, like, yeah. in a bluegrass jam, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, sure. Like, well, yeah, how, though? Like, so, like, I'm not, like, you know, playing with you, like, you know, like, you playing claw hammer, like, I have to think of things, like, that are going to compliment you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like, I'm, like, when I'm, like, choosing my backup ideas and, like, where I do them, I want them to compliment you, because, you know, especially where we're both playing banjo, I don't want to get in your way. Uh-huh. It's very easy for, like, me to be in, like, your registry and, like, playing, and it just sounds like once, like, like all our notes are running together. Sure. If I'm playing, sure. like, right on top of you, so i got to kind of pick and choose where I decide to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like, in a bluegrass jam, you know, it's like, if I'm the only banjo, like, I'm going to probably play, like, ten times different because, like, and especially if we're playing, like, more of a bluegrass repertoire, like, I'm going to do things completely different. Yeah. Um, but, but even when I jam, like, with other old-time players, um... Like, I had a really good jam with um, Tatiana Hargraves. Oh, yeah. A couple months ago. She lives in Durham, and I live in Raleigh. And um, we had this really cool jam one night. And, um, like, I was playing, like, completely different with her than I played even with another fiddle player. You know what I mean? Because it's just different person to person. Of course, yeah. You know, like, everybody has their different feels. And, like, getting to learn somebody's, like, kind of groove is kind of like, you know, you're going to just... It's going to change how you play. I I really like that because, um, you know, I'm coming in here with this sort of... uh, dichotomy that I want to be disabused of, you know, of like bluegrass being this sort of like showy thing. And, and then like, you know, maybe sometimes old time players have an inverted relationship with that. Mm -hmm. And they, they're like, who, what's the most inaccessibly, you know, sort of scratchy recordings that I can claim to like. And I think those people are honest. Yeah. I like those too, you know, but it's like, it's like a different, kind of um, performance of values. Yeah. But I like, I feel like what you're talking about is your technical proficiency and the work that you've done is not just to display your own power yeah. uh, as, as an artist and as uh, a technician. Yeah. But is also to be able to like lift other people up. Yeah. Exactly. And to be able to, like be hospitable to them in musical moments. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't get talked about, uh, very much, uh, when, at least in the old time world, when people are talking about bluegrass, it's like these people, you know, they're not just like get, they're not just doing this so that they can shred. Yeah. They are. They're also doing it so that they can like create an environment for someone else to shred. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is cool. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's like, I'm definitely like, 
like when it comes to that kind of like shredding thing, it's like, I just, I want to have the ability to, like, I never want to be like, one thing about like me, like kind of going back to that like sport thing is like, you know, I don't ever want to be like put into like, I can't do something. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves of like somebody yeah. telling me like, the quickest way for me not to like somebody is like them yeah. telling me I can't do something. Yeah. Or being like, oh, you have to do this. Like someone trying to tell me what to do about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's one, like literally my biggest pet peeve. So like when somebody tells me that, it like makes me want to strive more to like do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. If somebody's like, oh, you can't do that on banjo. I'm like, okay, give me that a week. <laughs> <laughs> and like, hey, maybe I can't do it. But like, yeah. I tried, you know, mm. you know, and um, so that's like my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and, and I, again, I, I like this idea that you have these social motivations of, yeah. of being like, I belong here in the way that I want to be here. Yeah. Which, um, and, you know, not just musically as an instrument, but also with all of the cultural baggage that comes with this music. Yeah. And I really uh, appreciate that. But then also underneath that, there's this, you're just like, I want to know what I can do. Yeah. It's like... I was put on earth in this body and, you know, yeah, and, exactly. I, and I was given a banjo. Yeah. You know, and isn't that cool? Yeah. How far can I take that? Exactly. 100%. That's beautiful. Let's play another, let's play another tune. I might be warmed up enough to, to play, um, to play Crooked Mind. Should, let's we, do should it. we give it a shot? Let's give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do That'll my be best. <laughs> Thank you. 
pay grade but i was happy to <laughs> happy to no, jump in and play great. that was amazing that was so good <laughs> what a cool tune what a what a pretty tune uh where when did you write this i wrote that um 2021 2021 2021 yeah late very very late 2021 and i recorded it in 2022 were you so 2021 i had a crooked mind in 2020 i had a very crooked is that where that came from just from pandemic yeah it was kind of pandemic vibes and then just like other things yeah like just life stuff you know Mm. definitely like you know i was like about to graduate college in the middle of a middle of a pandemic yeah that kind of sucked. So I think that's where probably that name. It's been so long since I've like written and named that tune. I can't really remember what I was in at that time. But um, yeah. I think that's about. You right. can only imagine. Yeah, <laughs> like, it could have been so many things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the one on the album. Like everybody likes the most, mm. but it's kind of funny. Like it was the one I almost least uh, least liked the most. Interesting. But like I've grown to love it now. Yeah. Since I started playing it live and stuff, but like when I wrote it and recorded it, I was like, ah, I wasn't like super into it. I mean, does that have anything to do with like you, I was you in, writing it in a place of anxiety and maybe so? Discomfort like and, I was into it, but like I was into it enough to record it. Right. Like it was like my one of my favorite tunes I had written right. at the time, but it was also like not like you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's it's you know it's like an artist's job to like dig up stuff and to process it. Yeah, and then it's sometimes for us it's like ugh. Yeah, and then for other people, it's like, hey, you ha- you did the labor to help me yeah. process my crooked mind in this moment. Exactly. Or, you yeah, know, and it's thanks. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess I could play that again if you want me to put put me back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, when I was writing that, I was just like, you know, it's been and also one of the things was also like hearing those like kind of jarring like because like I didn't like edit it at all like after I wrote it like it was just kind of like hell it yeah like I wrote it in probably fifteen minutes something mm. like that like I was just on the couch in my living like in the living room in the house I was living at the time and um I just like sat down and I got I was like and I was like okay where can I go after that and I was like and I just like totally did it like on the spot and then just I was like okay that's it that's the tune I recorded it on my phone and the next time I played it was in the studio no notes yeah I love that well would you be interested in playing just a, a solo banjo thing? Yeah, um, I haven't I, done that in a minute, but I can definitely do that. Yeah, you know, like, this show is definitely, like, backhanded music making and things like that, but whenever I have, you know, people on who uh, 
make their make their living making music recording and touring and stuff mm -hmm. i want to make sure to give them a moment to play something that isn't just a candid music making moment but it's like an actual like this is what i do yeah <laughs> when i'm not playing with someone i just met for the first time yeah totally <laughs> i will write this I'll, i mean i'll play this instrumental i wrote um, all right um not too long ago and we recorded it and um it's gonna be out very soon so oh great moon in motion cool. one Moon in motion. Moon in motion one. Here we go. One. That is so gorgeous. I'm so glad uh, I asked you to <laughs> play a solo piece. That's so lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this is this this is coming up in a, yeah, a single gonna, or part of a new. It's going to be part of a new album, but it's going to be released as a single. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're we got one more I think ahead of it, and then it'll be released probably in like two or three months. Well, this is the part of the show where you know we tell people where to go to follow you to make sure that they know when the single is out and yeah. what music they can be listening to in the meantime. And yeah, totally. Um, where they can go find you live. Yeah. Go to treywellington.com if you want to find me live anywhere. It has all my tour dates on it. And if you want to get in contact with anybody, um, booking agent or anything like that, go to my website. It's all on there. It's Virginia Prater, Virginia at PraterDay.com. If you want to follow me on social media, it's um, at Trey Wellington on Instagram Facebook. Um, I'm not on Twitter, but there's a few <laughs> places. Um, go follow my Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Um, buy my CD. Black Banjo is out now. Black Banjo. Black Banjo. Such a good album. I was listening to that this week, um, re revisiting that, getting ready for it. I was just, I love the variety on it, uh, the energy. There's a lot of like really like human untranscribable kind of moments, especially in your playing where you have, you, you jump into this pocket and it's like, this is the only way this strange little riff can be like rhythmically delivered yeah. in a way that like, like fits in, but it's like stretching and expanding. There's like a lot of like really, um, in, in addition to all of the like delicate sounds and the cool ideas, there's a lot of these like really, rhythmically non-quantized you know yeah. like human 
organic moments in there that I really love and feels really unique to me yeah. in, uh, in a contemporary bluegrass album. Yeah. And, and I honestly, th- those sounds, those moments of like stretch and pull, I often associate that with traditional bluegrass, yeah. you know? And I loved hearing that with this like modern shimmery sound. Yeah. And I, not to put into words what your sound is, but like, that was the thing that like, you know, stood out to me in this album. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, and obviously I, it's exciting to meet black banjo renaissance and it's uh, really cool to see that happening in the bluegrass world as well yeah. as, the, as the old time world. Yeah. Kind of the point of this album was kind of like, you know, I think like people put too much of a, like to me when I hear black banjo, you know, as much as I love, like, old-time music and, you know, like, different, like, forms of traditional music, it's, like, a lot of the time I feel like, you know, just throughout history, Mm -hmm. like, black people and black creatives especially have been put into boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, like, even putting, like, a cap on, like, what black banjo is, being like, oh, black banjo is only an old-time instrument. That's the whole point of this album. It's knocking down that barrier and being like, no, black banjo is, like... If you were black and playing banjo, that's black And it's banjo. black banjo, yeah. yeah exactly. you know <laughs> Simple I mean? as that, like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, there shouldn't be like a genre barrier. And when you put that genre barrier on it, that's a barrier for black creatives. Yeah. You know, like, you know, as much genre is a barrier on everybody. Yeah, absolutely. The audacity and the, and the mission of that. Yeah. While you're also not trying to invoke some sort of idea of what that means to everyone. Yeah. And if you look inside like the, um, like the liner notes, it's like, I made it very specific. It was like, this was no, like, cause you know, a couple people did ask me like when I was telling about that idea, they're like, Oh, is this like a diss at the black banjo thing? And I was like, no, not at all. It's like in my liner notes, I literally have a point. It's like in there, it's like, thank you to all the black artists and like people of color artists, like, you know, from any, like people of any walk of life that have like contributed yeah. To this, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it wasn't meant as like a diss to anybody. It was just like a little, I get, well, in a way, I guess it was like the boxing in, like, sure. We're trying to box in. I guess yeah. that was kind of a diss, but it was more of a, like, you know, honestly, like a homage and showing like, oh, this is where it's go, Like it could go, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Such a good album and such a uh, great title for the album. The artwork's cool. Yeah, I just like like looking at it. Yeah, me and my <laughs> it's um, awesome. Actually, the person who did that was my roommate at the time, mm. McKenna, and um, she's one of my best friends in the world, but, mm. and she does like most of my art stuff for me. But um, yeah, like me and her, like she's a two D um, animator. Oh, cool! Usually what she does, yeah. and, um, But we were. Um, I asked her like if she'd be interested in doing the art. She's like, oh yeah, I totally be down. So that's actually um, that album cover is actually a, from a real picture I took in front of this mural. And uh, I remember when I was trying to think of album covers, um, somebody was like, hey, there was this picture of you. And it was like the most stunning like picture I've ever seen. And I was like, and like, I remember, I remembered the picture, but I was like, oh, I, I wonder where that is. And so like, I just went down the rabbit hole trying to find it. Mm. And then I was like, and so like, I had it, but it wasn't like great quality. So I was like, oh, like I should go back to that spot and like retake it. And yeah. lucky enough, I wasn't living in Raleigh at the time. But, like, I had was, had moved to Raleigh at the point, and that's where the picture was taken. Mm. And so I was able just to, like, call the original photographer who did it and just had him meet me over at the spot, like, the next day and was able to redo the um, album cover. And then McKenna just literally went there and, like, traced over every aspect of it 
and did some different colors to it and then cool yeah it turned out really cool yeah she did a great job all right so go buy black banjo black banjo uh go see trey wellington band uh follow you in all the social media places so that you can be the first to know when these singles are dropping and when the new album's coming out. Exactly. And uh, I, I'll link all of that in the show notes. Thanks so much for taking some of your wintergrass time to do this. I'm happy to be here. This is, um, yeah, this is a perfect way to start out my day here at wintergrass. Hell yeah. What do you want to play for our final tune? What's like an old time tune you want to play? Let's see if I know it. Okay. Like, I don't get okay, to play great. old time tunes very often. Uh, what's a good old time tune? Um,
Visit TreyWellington.com to buy his album, Black Banjo, and see where he's playing next. And make sure to follow him on Instagram and Facebook so you can be among the first to hear his upcoming singles. Thanks again to CBA Summer Music Camp for sponsoring this episode. Learn more at cbacamp.com. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes along with links to my banjo lessons, my old-time trio Tall Poppy String Band, which is going on tour next month, my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, and Get Up in the Cool merch. And sign up for my spring claw hammer workshops at camerondewitt.com slash store. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.